This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. This best of is proudly brought to you by DraftKings. Bet online legally and safely with DraftKings Sportsbook. Sue Ann Levy is a self-professed right-wing gay Jewish muckraker. She was at the Toronto Sun from the 1990s until 2021. On June 27, 2016, she visited her friends Humble and Fred. Live around North America. On the Sirius XM satellite network. It's really quite fascinating uh, how it all works. Somehow or another, our signal goes to uh, the city, then it goes to Washington, then it goes to the space, <laughs> comes back from the space, space shuttle. <laughs> it goes to the space shuttle, mm-hmm. no, the uh, space station. Oh, right, space station. Yeah, that's the space it. station where they, uh, right. they uh, mold it into something. Mm-hmm. Bunch of Russian guys up there right now. And they uh, send it back to the mm-hmm. Earth, and you receive it. And in fact, in the uh, 28 seconds or so that it took me to explain that, it really was up in the satellite and it came down again. Uh, later, Idris is here, our, one of our associate producers, has uh, many stories about uh, some of the headlines this morning in the news. Man wins lottery for the second time. His last name? Gambles. <laughs> yeah. Chinese bank employees beaten for poor performance by managers, something we'll be looking at with our uh, Asian contingent. <laughs> Uh, first, welcome to our program, a, a veteran broadcaster and newspaper person who has uh, got a, uh, I'm not sure, it, it can't be her first book, but I'll just say another book coming out. We'll talk about that. Please welcome to our program, Sue Ann Levy. Wow, wow, how exciting for you. Point that yes. down a bit for Sue Ann and Hi, let Sue her Ann. right in. Hi. Hello. Hello. Sue Ann uh, Levy who uh, writes for a, uh, the biggest uh, sort of right-wing newspaper in Canada and has for very many years and is uh, even, res- I would say, respected by all. Hello. Uh, loved and hated by all. Um, well, you're going to need to get her a little bit closer and yell. Loved and hated by all. Um, but that's good, isn't it? Yes. That gets attention. Yes, there's no half, halfway measures here. Mm-hmm. I'm either hated or loved. Was that, um, when you started off years ago, was that something you went, you know, I'm going to go down this road. Was it a conscious decision? Um, I always, always loved digging for the story behind the story. And I got very, very tired as I spent more years at, uh, I called it Socialist City Hall, when David Miller was running the show, I got very tired with the daily spin from the mayor's office and the way that the bureaucrats would spin the message. So I decided then and there that I was going to make it my mission uh, to dig uh, in, you know, on the story behind the story. How does that work within the walls? Because it, as 
It said years ago around the Toronto Maple Leafs, there was reporters that covered the team, but they never talked about any of this. They knew stuff was going on that the players were doing. They never talked about it because it was just sort of a gentleman's agreement. So you go into City Hall and you become a bit of a rebel like that. Does that make your job even harder then? It was. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was very much ostracized by the rest of the media there because I would, and even openly mocked by a, some of the journalists there, um, John Barber in particular. He was, you know, the Globe, Globe and Mail columnist and um, he used to make some pretty disparaging remarks. And I, I, I always said that I felt like a salmon swimming upstream because... I um, I always went and did the things that nobody else did. And I very much enjoyed it, but yes, I was ostracized by mm-hmm. the rest of the media. Um, again, so you, you, were you, what I guess I'm trying to say is were you sort of right-leaning and you were covering City Hall and that did that make you more right-leaning or did the covering of City Hall sort of inform your um, political bias? No, I was always uh, right of center and I was always a fiscal conservative. I'd run for or worked behind the scenes and I'd work for Joe Clark back in, I don't want to age myself, but back in uh, 1980, was it, when he lasted, what, how many, about two minutes mm-hmm. in government. So I was always right of center and uh, always a fiscal conservative uh, in the closet back then. So nobody, you know, closeted, nobody knew. I didn't even know. I wasn't even sure myself. So it was, uh, but when I I got to City Hall, the interesting thing was I sat down at my first council meeting, my first council meeting. And bear in mind, a lot of those journalists had been there for a long, long time. Sure. And I promptly saw... One of the councillors, old Normie Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, fall asleep in the middle of the council meeting. <laughs> and I wrote about it. And do you know the pushback I got from Normie Gardner and from the rest of the media? Is that back to what Fred was saying? Because in those days, people didn't talk about those things, the mm-hmm. goings on of government. People just sort of would ignore it. Yeah, and, because, you did, yeah. and you didn't. And you got a little bit of flack for it. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting because I did, but I started holding uh, politicians' feet to the fire, and and then I started getting names from various politicians, like Howard Moscow once named uh, a tax after me. He called it the Levy Levy. Mm-hmm. And Ann Johnson, old Ann Johnson, who'd been around from the dawn of, you know, the beginning of time, had gotten up when I had talked about uh, selling off Metro Hall when the city amalgamated. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got up and she said, you know, she had these misty eyed views of days gone by. And she said, well, I don't know about Sue Ann Levy, uh, how much she makes because she wears very nice suits. And, and, and they would start targeting, get up in the middle of a public meeting and targeting their ire towards me. Because you were telling the truth about what was yeah. going on in their, uh, in yeah. their world. Yeah, it yeah. was actually very amusing. And I have some of those anecdotes in my mm-hmm. book. In your new book, which is called Underdog, Confessions of a Right-Wing Gay Jewish Muckraker. Or Muckraker. Muckraker, Muckraker, yes. muckraker releasing yes. uh, in August, everyone. Yes. How earlier Howard referred to the Toronto Sun as a right-wing newspaper. I've always found it interesting that that tag can be used in the Sun, but if you ever refer to the Toronto Star as a left-wing newspaper, people are really uncomfortable with that. Especially like, you know what I mean? No, the Toronto Sun, that's a publication. That's uh that's the standard. Where it's as much it's as left as the Toronto Sun is right. They become lefter 
I believe. Um, And they certainly have a very strong self-righteous agenda. Now, you know, it's very interesting in this city because I get this constantly. Oh, you're just that tabloid hack you are. You write for that right wing newspaper. Uh, The emails spewing with that kind of disdain and self-righteous venom. Uh, And it's it's not um, it's it's the favorite sort of um, whipping post. Yeah. And and the um, the the left like to do that because they don't like the facts. So they use that as a way of, you know, trying to intimidate, belittle and and, and And stifle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Opinion. Yes. Yes. Um, now, the reason we had you in today is because this has now become Gay Pride Month in the city of Toronto or on the province of Ontario. And yeah, you which are, is it? Is it the end? Is it, <laughs> are we in Gay, gay Pride Month? <clears throat> well, you know, I had written a column at the certainly at the beginning of the Gay so Pride Month. So these microphones aren't picking you up. I'm going to get <clears throat> it. So you seem to be really, really close. Just like you're talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Just turn it a bit more towards her. I had written a column at oh, the beginning of yeah. Gay Pride Month. Yes. Uh, which was started when? In January? Is that is <laughs> Well, actually, I have to tell you, it started in February because I guess Miss Wynne mm-hmm. had done something that was unpopular. I mean, the daily, um, the weekly unpopular decision. And this is what she does when she wants to divert attention from whatever unpopular decision she's made or her dip in the polls down to almost zero. Uh, she uh, puts forward some touchy-feely uh, thought or idea or agenda. So in February, we had we saw a picture of her and her partner. She will never admit that Jane Rounthwaite is actually her wife, uh, saying that they had declared June the entire month of June Pride Month. So we saw that on social media. We saw a press release and touchy feely, lovely, mm-hmm. and then Pride got involved in doing a campaign around a month. And when the month rolled around and they started to have this flag raising, which they normally do this week at City Hall, uh, they did it May 31st, I said, this is ridiculous. Why do we need a Pride Month? If we have gained the, the, the gains that we, we, we can get married, we're accepted. I got married seven years ago to my lovely wife, Denise. If we have made these gains, why do we need a month to shout that we're loud and proud from the rooftops? Yeah. Do we do we need a week? Because you know, I I I refer to Morgan Freeman, who's dead against Black History Month, and his whole spin is, you know, the best way to forget about racism is stop talking about it so much. So are you cool with a week? Well, the, the I mean, the gay community loves to party, right. um, and I am nothing against the gay pride parade. Uh, in fact, we'll be marching this Sunday with the gay conservatives, and yes, there are more than two gay conservatives. We probably get a couple uh, dozen gay conservatives mm-hmm. out marching with us and politicians. Uh, so I have nothing wrong with the party. The, what I have a problem with is that pride has lost its way. I think it's lost its way. You mean and the focus a, is lost in the whole month-long dilution yeah. and Well, not just the down. month, but the, mm-hmm. they've used the month. And they've become very left, and they speak to a left agenda. And God forbid you should speak out against their left agenda. So once again, you're swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. Again. Uh, that's your water. 
Um, Sue Ann Levy, what is it about uh, marriage that's so attractive to gay people? Because we pe- we heteros that have been married, we can't understand a fucking... Re- it's like, why do you want to get married? You seem to be having so much fun. In fact, there's a joke that goes basically, if you want to... Uh, if you're against gay marriage, let them marry for a while. Because trust me, after a few generations... It won't be an they, issue anymore. won't be an issue. They go, you know yeah. what? We don't want to be married anymore. Thanks. Could you? In fact, gay people will be actually leading the fight to get it outlawed. Well, I so do, they don't have to get married. I do know of a few gay divorces already. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think way back when, when I proposed to Denise eight years ago, I said, well, you know, the people before us have fought for the right to get married. And I met with the love of my life so why not do it had i known had i known (laughs) the trouble i would have with well families let's put it around families um even around the marriage yeah well, this is what this was the, the and it's been a, a, um, a bit of mine for a long time. But really, it's like, OK, it's one thing to get married to another person. But you don't what you don't realize is you're marrying a, a, a community of people. And next thing you know, you're who do, where are we going for Passover? And what about this kid's birthday? And who cares? Stay unmarried. We had that with Father's Day. We of have course. that every I mean, every occasion now. And, you know, you, you marry into dysfunctional families, which fun family every is not family is not dysfunctional. dysfunctional. But you you do. You collect this collection of people. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. say, I think I heard myself saying a little while ago, I didn't sign on for that part of it. (laughs) Welcome to the club, everybody. What what was your journey like? When did you come out? And did you have relationships with men because you thought you were supposed to? And yes, you had all of the. Were above. you ever married to a man? No, I oh. came very close uh, mm-hmm. in my twenties. I fought it, uh, and I actually have a whole chapter in my book uh, about living in the closet for twenty years. Got to be horrible. It was awful. I had one foot in the heterosexual world, one in the homosexual world. I was working at the Sun for fifteen so you had of a gay those foot, twenty years. Is what you were saying? <laughs> I, well, yes, and now I have a dog who has a gay paw, so <laughs> I can relate. He he's sort Sort of, I think he's a bisexual dog, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. Um, his name is Kishka, by mm-hmm. the way. Kishka. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, it was, it was very hard living in the closet. I was working at the Sun. I was afraid it would be very career limiting. Mm-hmm. And in my 20s, I, I dated men. And then I met someone. And we lived in the closet for 20 years. And wow. basically what broke us up, and this is all in the book, was that she did not want to come out. And I said, that was it. I can't live like this. And I came out just 11 years ago. And on the front page of The Sun in 2007. Mm-hmm. I recall that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, now that you say it, I recall it. I mean, I, I don't think I could have gotten in on a skill testing question. No, I, no and, and I wouldn't and, have asked you. And I, 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 again, what I think is cool about this is because you have a problem with Pride Month. You... You're heard because you're gay. Like anybody else might say, oh, we should, you know, I'm yeah. against, why have a gay pride month and immediately they're homophobic. Right. Well, that can't be applied to you. So, I mean, you. I do get away with a lot. of reason. I do get away with a lot criticizing uh, Kathleen Wynne because I think that she uses her sexuality far too much mm-hmm. uh, when she's under fire for various and sundry decisions, whether it be her, you know, dad or a decision to cut off autistic kids or whatever, our criticism of the uh, sex ed curriculum, which I thought was foisting a lot on kids mm-hmm. early on, uh, let them be kids. And so I do get away with a lot. Um, they can't call me homophobic. 
I have been called a well, self-loathing sure. lesbian, however. Oh, really? Yes. Well, he's a self-loathing Jew. No, well, but that one of my ex-wife's <laughs> friends said that to me once. She said, she said why do you guys live in uh, the time we were in Mississauga? She says, why are you living in Mississauga? And it's a joke. I said, because I want to be, because she lived in Thornhill or whatever, Forest Jew, whatever the place. Yes. Uh, she said, why are you living out there? I said, because I want to be as far away from Jews as possible. She goes, oh, I know you. You're a self-hating Jew. I said, no, I'm a Jew-hating Jew. I'm fine with myself. I can relate to that. Mm. But, well, no, I see the thing is I, br- I grew up on the prairies mm. I had a very sort of, um, you know, I mean, we had Christmas trees. Mm. Uh, we love Jesus. It's starting to sound like a Woody Allen routine. Yeah, you uh, do sound like Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, lady, I want to ask you a question. Uh, in your book, you talk about uh, Rob Ford. Now, Rob Ford, uh, for a lot of our listeners, you know, knows that we had a history with the guy. We had him on our show long ago. Mm-hmm. When we were on AM640 before John Oakley, we had Rob Ford on our show. So we have some history with the guy. Um, and you're, in your book, uh, Underdog, Confessions of a Right-Wing Gay Jewish Muckraker, Raker, um, you talk a little bit about your relationship with Rob. Yes, I actually have an entire chapter on Rob Ford. And, and the theme of the book is underdog, me as an underdog uh, growing up and being an outsider as a, a closeted gay woman uh, and a champion of the underdog. And I always had a very soft spot for Rob Ford because I knew him from the year 2000 when he became counselor. Mm-hmm. I was at City Hall and I saw how the council bullied him and mm-hmm. mocked him for his weight, for his you know, in an inarticulate way of speaking mm-hmm. or phrasing things. I always knew his heart was in the right place. And I remember the very first column I wrote about him in 2002 when he got up and he tried to get council to make the most minimal Minimal of cuts, mm-hmm. you know, to plant mm-hmm. watering budget, that's to right. the, uh, the yeah. lunch budget, because that's yeah. the first time we yeah. had him on the show yeah. was because he said, I'm not going to use my money to buy sandwiches. Yes. And that's when it began. And Mel Lastman, God bless him, was part of that group who mocked him and made fun of him. Howard Moscow got up. He heaved himself out of his chair and he said, are you going to make the city manager wash your own windows? And everybody bellowed and laughed and thought it was all a big joke. The media joined in, my colleagues who had already already ostracized me, and so did the bureaucrats, because they felt it was kosher to beat up on this guy. And that continued for years and years and years. And I watched how they tried to sideline him, they tried to throw ridiculous, ridiculous um, insinuations at him, allegations, if he didn't speak. Remember, he said that Orientals work like dogs, mm-hmm. and oh god, oh my god, the le- the loony left went insane. He was racist mm-hmm. and things like that. I knew he didn't articulate himself as well as maybe he should. He wasn't politically correct, and I loved him for it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, see if that were the story, then that would be you know it, things may have gone down a different avenue. Because mm-hmm. I agree with you that you know you know he was a guy that was sort of misunderstood by the, by the mass media and easy to make fun of. And we've talked about this, you know, oh. the, the cover of Now Magazine where he was... Oh, that was disgusting. It was disgusting because he wouldn't... They, they, and they only did that because he was fat. Because mm-hmm. when, you know, that seemed to be okay. But where it went kind of sideways is the drug addiction and the drinking and that. Like, it's too bad because... Mm. It, it took it in a different direction. Okay, I never excused him for that. And I did say, I was already at Queen's Park when they discovered that he had, you know, when he actually admitted that he had a crack 
addiction. And I did you say, know before that? No, and oh. this is what I say in the book that Michael Grant and I are very close. Uh, have been close friends. Explain who that contacts. is to people who he was the budget chief working under Ford, and a real straight arrow of a man, uh, Catholic school trustee now. And he and I talked about this many times, as did Doug Holliday, who was a, de- a deputy mayor. And let me tell you, it caught us completely by surprise. I never ever saw any I, a hint of an addiction. Uh, wow. drinking addiction if he had one if he was a he was a functional alcoholic mm-hmm. I never saw and I mean in fact I would have thought others on council because I saw others who behaved in a irrational way um, that I suspected had drinking problems and you know I go back to uh, let us who have are free of skeletons in our own closet sure. cast the first stone and this is what just irritated me so much was that even when it was discovered and he admitted and uh, you know I would say that he probably took too far too long to admit it Mm -hmm. and this is where I I you know was upset with him and criticized him but even when he admitted it and he needed help and he agreed to get help they wouldn't leave him alone they were so intolerant and including Kathleen Wynne the way she isolated him during that ice storm in 2014 um, it just made me sick the way they and, and I say in my book in the chapter that I thought that the chattering classes of Toronto sunk to a new low with Rob Ford and all well and to bring it back to Gay Pride Week, month, whatever it is now, what was your position on that with him? Because, I mean, you were a supporter of him. And then what do you, what do you think his motivation was with avoiding all the gay pride festivities? I, th- I think he made, a, you know, he is was one stubborn guy and he dug his heels in. And I, I don't think, I ever never thought for a minute he was homophobic. In fact, he was very, very kind to mm-hmm. Denise when he met her and very open. I never for a minute thought he was that way. However, uh, it goes speaks more to his very um, toxic relationship with the left. And the pride community mm-hmm. kind of jumped on him. Um, and I say this again, that they had become more to the left and he, they weren't speaking for the sum total of the gay community. So I think it just went off the rails because they started attacking him, and then he dug his heels in and wouldn't go to the parade. And wouldn't he uh, do the flag. Or he did the flag he raising. Did do he the wouldn't flag go to the parade. That's yeah. right. He did do the flag raising, and and you know what? I went up to him when he showed up at the flag raising. I said, "I'm very proud of you for for coming out and doing this." And I think he just felt in, uncomfortable with all kinds of sexual, like that whole. <laughs> idea mm-hmm. and I don't excuse him for that but uh, and I think he handled it not very well in fact very badly well I, I think a lot was said when his bo- what did they call that they, his body was at um, City Hall there was a term for that his body whatever body lies shame. in state whatever it was yeah, yeah. Um, all the kids the black kids that he coached yes. you know what I mean and he was sort of vilified yeah. for being racist and all that stuff yeah. those kids went out of their way to stand and there was members of the gay community that came as well yeah. that sort of took them for face value so well you know it, uh, I'll tell you one thing this shows how cruel uh, the sort of tolerant community was when all these uh, he coached these kids mm-hmm. at the Catholic school 
uh, black kids, and he put his own money into mm-hmm. it. Sure. And when all the uh, <clears throat> SHIT hit the fan, you can and say shit on the shit show. Shit hit the mm-hmm. fan, yeah. and he was, you know, found to have addictions and crack cocaine problems. The first thing they did was the Catholic school board cut him off, mm-hmm. ended his coaching career. And you can imagine how devastating oh, that okay. was for him. I'll talk about being intolerant. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, yep. the fact that there's even a Catholic school board is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that, that would be for your next visit. Because, and I firmly uh, believe, by the way, that Kathleen Wynne was behind that because she oh, offered I, the head of the school board a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, is there, how is it possible in 2016 that a religion has their own school board where the people that subscribe to that religion, shaky as but, it is, get to have their property taxes funneled to a school system? And That's all I have to say. And I totally I'll agree with you. I'll take any questions now. And I'll Sue Ann. Sue Ann makes a great point. I mean, you talk about intolerance. So, I mean, here he is, the Catholic school board. Here's Rob Ford, and he's got some demons, issues. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and rather working with the guy, mm-hmm. they immediately shut him out. Total intolerance. They threw him out yeah. uh, uh, like <laughs> a used yeah. piece of trash. Yeah. yeah, well, they're but the Catholic system's uh, track record of dealing with unpleasantries isn't I know. the best. I mean, and here we are, the Catholic <laughs> system... You know, sweeping under the rug the digital sure. priests. So, have you, have you not seen this movie? Spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. spotlight. Anyway, this uh, woman Sue Ann Levy is here. She's also a half marathon runner and swimmer. Really, Sue Ann? Why don't you be more super? <laughs> Fabulous person, smart, oh. engaging, articulate. I'm a little bit of an A type. You got the, the 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 marathon running and the swimming. All of a sudden, I'm sounding like who? Why are you? What, what's with the running? I just I mean, someone. My, my my wife always says I didn't get the Jewish girl's handbook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I run half marathons, and actually, I want to say that my bucket list for this year is to run the Jerusalem half marathon in March. Really. Yes, yeah. I know. I'm crazy. No, I I'm say, no, should do that. No part of going to Jerusalem or running appeals to me. <laughs> I'm a Jew from Moose Jaw. Your joints couldn't take it. No, mm. sorry. Um, listen, everyone. The uh, book is called Underdog, Confessions of a Right-Wing Gay Jewish Muckraker. It's sled, uh, slated for an August release. And uh, So what do you think of this uh, fellow, uh, John Tory? We like him. We like John. You like John? I do. I think John is a very personable guy. Um, I think... I guess everything I suspected about him has already come true. And I think that he wants to be friends with everybody, and that gets in the way of making some very hard decisions at City Hall, which need to be made. And fortunately, uh, he came in saying he's going to calm down City Hall, which he has done uh, from the Rob Ford era. But there's a price to be paid for doing that. And he's pandered to the left far too much, given them far too much in terms of money, special projects. And in order to keep that vote, you know, together and to keep them quiet and to keep them happy, he has had to do that. Unfortunately, they're never happy. They will never be happy. Why aren't they ever happy? Why aren't people just happy, Sue Ann? Why can't we all just be? Can't we all just get along I think they should all be given Prozac. You can compare that to the... (laughs) You can compare that to the federal level, too, because even Harper's biggest problem was that he made tough decisions and didn't give a shit when anybody thought about it. Yeah, yeah. And look at the trouble he ran into. Well, you know, I'm that kind. I'm from that school. mm -hmm. I would make tough decisions and I don't give a shit what people think about Mm me. I write about what I think and I dig and I don't give a shit. I don't have to be friends with all these people. Um, Unfortunately. That's a good position to be in as a writer, too. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have a mayor who 
feels he has to be friends with everybody. And I'll give you a, a very current example, Black Lives Matter, which are wreaking havoc all over the place, have disrupted, they disrupted a police um, pride event on Friday, mm-hmm. screaming and yelling. Uh, they're being uh, awarded with a City Hall Award, which I wrote about a couple of days ago. Uh, that comes to John Tory's executive committee. And, you know, I know that John Tory doesn't feel comfortable with these guys, but will he speak out and say they don't deserve this award? This is mm-hmm. political correctness gone mad. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. No, mm-hmm. he will not. I guarantee you. No, I know the whole concept of Black Lives Matter. Uh, we've talked about it. It's just all lives matter. But, I mean, you can't yeah. go there. Well, I mean, we can go there, but a lot of people won't go there. And the mayor could start there. Yes. and The, the very name is divisive. Well, so. this is the thing. He sits on the police services board. He's, you know, he's, I guess, involved. He was involved with uh, choosing Mark Saunders. These people have come and they've, and not that the police should not be held accountable and not be criticized, but I don't like their tactics. And he, he just doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And this really troubles me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Ann, we uh, appreciate you coming in here. Hope it was a good experience for you. It was a fun experience. Um, yeah, we're pretty fun. Um, have you ever heard of our program? We've been doing this yes. a long time. Yes, I have. Yeah, we're pretty much considered the uh, the elite when it comes to this type of thing. Are we Are we not considered that? Sure. Yeah. Even if you are a Jew-hating Jew. <laughs> I don't mind the Jews. Okay. What? Uh, one last thing. Um, you talk about the left wing and right wing. Is, are, are there any periods of time when you're looking and going, hey, everything seems to be okay? Like, you're like, because obviously what gets you going is when things are amiss. Are there any days you go, eh, I feel pretty good about things? Yeah, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Sue Ann Levy, everybody. Come on now. That's cool. You're a newspaper writer and you get weekends off? Wow. No, no, really. <laughs> All right. Uh, Phil, take Sue Ann. Give a picture of Sue Ann, and we'll uh, continue. Thanks, Sue Ann. We'll get Idris up in here in a second. Good luck with the book. Now, how do I well, we're still on the air, actually. Oh, how do you get the... Well, we'll explain it to you. Yeah, we're, uh, we're live right now. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Mike'd. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> liking them. Like and subscribe.
It's on, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports, from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops, and so much more. Bet special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action, download the app, and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. So go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on the action. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Connects Ontario, 1 866 531 2600. 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. Please play responsibly. DraftKings operates pursuant to an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario.